You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. Thank you so much for that, teenagers, young people. Let's take our Bibles tonight. Matthew chapter number 16 in your Bibles. Matthew chapter number 16. And I do love seeing our young people singing and being involved in music ministry. And uh, enjoyed that. Uh, I've been hearing Titus play some of those songs around the house, a little bit Amazing Grace, things like that. And, uh, but I did notice, you know, that a little jazz kind of snuck in there a little bit. And uh, I wasn't mad at it, to be honest with you. But I was like, what's Miss Cargill teaching these kids over here? Good night. But uh, no, that was, that was great. Enjoyed that quite a bit there. Matthew chapter number 16 this evening. And I want to look at some scripture here. And we're going to use our Bibles tonight, which, of course, we're in church. We're supposed to do that, right? But I want to turn to several passages. And um, I, I don't normally ever preach like a part two to a message. And this is really not part two to the message morning. It just has to do with the same idea. And I want to, we looked at this morning, we talked about values. We talked about uh, what value do we put on things and, and what, when we saw that giving thanks helps us properly value things, helps us properly value people and relationships. When we give thanks, it affects our values, it affects our vision, it affects our voice. We put a proper value on things. But as I studied, I, I, I was studying for this message and and uh, I was actually studying for Sunday morning, and I, and I got two trains of thought that were going in different directions, and, and I thought, you know, these are not, you know, I can't combine them into one, and they're separate, but I, I wanted to preach this one because I felt like it was something interesting that, that God showed me, and I, I think it may be of interest to you. We, we looked at value this morning and how Thanksgiving helps us properly value things, but here's another question. What does God value? We talked about what we value today, but, but what does God value? And I want to look at that scripturally and show you a couple things this evening that God values. Now, I do want to say, I see Josh Johnson sitting down here. And Josh, I didn't see you in the, in the thing tonight. So we're going to need a solo from you. Let's get a microphone here. And uh, Josh, what do you want to sing this evening? No, I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that to you. I tell you, I always, I, I always feel for these young people that come up and sing. You, you, I don't, if you've never sang a solo, or in a group even, in church... You have not felt true fear in your life, okay? There is something about it. it is, am I right, young people? Is it quite frightening when you sing, Malia, you had a solo, uh, Alyssa? And even just sneaking in a group, it's, there's something terrifying. The choir members, your first time up here, you know, it's usually pretty, pretty terrifying. It just gets more and more when you start singing solos and all that. So I always think, hey, I'm thankful for our young people stepping out and singing and doing a great job with it. So thank you, young people, for being willing to be used. You were a blessing tonight. Matthew chapter number 16. Look at verse number 24. This is Jesus speaking. And he's going to tell us something or some things here that, that, that are very valuable to God. Now, if you're thinking about our God today... Our God is the master of the universe. He is the creator of, of, of all things. He, you know, he made gold and silver and precious stones. You know, he speaks and the world comes into existence. So, so you know, when we look about earthly values, we would value gold and, and things like that and money. God doesn't need any of that. So what does he consider to be very, very valuable? Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then said Jesus and his disciples... 
If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever shall, what will lose his life, I'm sorry, whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily or truly, I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. How do we know what God values? How do we know what is important to Christ and to, to, to God? What's precious to him? Can we know these things? Well, you see in Scripture, there's several things that God does say. And I'll probably miss a few. I, I cut a few things out here that, that should be precious to us. But, but I want to show you some things the Bible says that are precious or, or that are important and valuable to God. Will you pray with me, please, as we begin? Father, now for the next few minutes, uh, Lord, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I want to take what you say from Scripture and, and, and tell the people what you say. And I want to expand some ideas here and help us to get a broader view of what you think is truly important. Because, Lord, if you think something's important, then, God, we ought to think it's important, too. And so I pray tonight, <clears throat> excuse me, you'd help us uh, just to get a, a spiritual mindset and viewpoint from this message this evening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So what does God value? I'm going to give you four things tonight. We're going to jump right in. Number one, God values a soul. God values a soul. Do you see it there? Verse number 26, Jesus even posed the question, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for a soul? In other words, there's nothing that you have in life that is more valuable than a soul. What could you trade for? What could you trade for your soul that is of equal worth? Nothing. You die without Christ and you go to hell, boy, I tell you, you would trade anything to get your soul out of that place. And, you know, there's nothing every, in this world that is, is more precious, it should be to us, than a soul, but, but souls are precious to God. And here's the thing, every soul is precious to God. Every soul is precious to God. You know, we live in a city where there's, uh, where there's homeless uh, people all over the world, and a lot of people will look at the, the people that are strung out on drugs, and, and not every homeless person like that, I, I know that, and we're trying to get our ministry up and running soon about that, and, and our, our work is doing a great job, fantastic job getting that ready. But when you look at people like that, our, our world can despise certain people. But I want you to know that no matter what a person does, no matter what crime they commit, no matter how heinous and atrocious that, that we may think they are for what they have done that soul that's in them is still precious to God you think about the worst people to live you could name the Hitlers you could name the Charles Mansons you could and and on and on and on you know that Christ still died for that soul still died for that soul and anybody that is willing to turn and repent and put their faith and trust in Christ he'd save them because every soul is precious to God. It's so sad to me to think about people in our city here that, that may live and die, uh, uh, may live a life on the street, may live a life of sorrow, may live a life of sadness, may live a life without a home here, then they die, they don't get a home in heaven. They die without Christ. That, those souls are valuable to God. Did you know there are some religions that teach that Jesus did not die for everybody? 
There are some religions, it's called limited atonement. It's a part of Calvinism. They teach that Jesus only died for the elect. And what they mean by the elect are the people that God chooses who's going to go to heaven or hell. And so they say that the, the, the atonement was, was limited to those who Jesus had decided would be saved. This is, by the way, this is very popular nowadays. I don't know if you know this, and, and our church is not popular. Why? Because we teach the Bible. But there's a lot of churches, a lot of Christian churches. Most mega churches that you see have Calvinism. They have this type of belief in them. That's, you can tell why. They don't do soul winning. <laughs> they don't tell people about Christ. But if, you, you know, if you're chosen, you'll believe. But I want to tell you that God, that Jesus did not just die for certain people. He died for everyone. Titus 2.11, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. How about uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, and he is the propitiation for our sins, the atonement for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So John was saying, hey, look, Jesus wasn't just the atonement for our sins as believers, but for everybody's. Two chapters later, he says, and we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Now listen, if God values my soul so much, if God values your soul so much, then he must value the souls of my neighbors too. And if God values my soul that much, and if God values your soul that much, he must value my family's soul that way. And he must value my co-workers' souls. And he must value my, my, uh, anybody you can think of. How about my enemies? You know, God still values my enemies' souls. And, and whoever it may be, if God thinks souls are valuable, we should too. I want to say that again. If God thinks souls are that valuable, we should think they are too. How much value do we place on people's souls? I love for friend day, 39, that, if, yeah, and those are just the cards that we got turned in. 39 adult visitors, I think it was adult visitors in church that day. I don't know how many people were saved. God knows. Even people raised their hands. Who knows? You know, maybe they're just like, I like raising my hand. You know, who knows? You know, and then some don't raise their hand that did get saved. You know, all of those people that came. And I think about, man, just the, the worth of one soul. We sing songs. It would, you know, if just one more soul were to walk down the aisle, it'd be worth every trouble. It'd be worth every trial. This morning, we had a young lady come into and, and our youth department. My wife and I have made it a practice for a long time that when someone visits our youth department, we try to at least share the gospel with them. We don't, we don't know if we'll ever see them again. We want them to have a clear presentation of the gospel. And this morning after Sunday school, my wife got to take a young lady and, and ask her if she knew for sure she died, she'd go into heaven, if she knew Christ, and, and had the opportunity to share the gospel and get saved. And, and that's a wonderful thing. That young lady that was able to get saved this morning. You know what? That right there makes it worth it all just seeing a soul saved i think we are guilty a lot of times of hearing about people getting saved and we and and we can hear it so much that we don't get as excited about it as we should missionaries come on and you know we had a revival and 34 people got saved boy i tell you there ought to be a rejoicing in our heart because god values those souls now we know that that God values a soul. But take your Bible. You're in Matthew chapter number uh, 16. Go back to Matthew chapter number 6. I want to show you the second one. What else does God value? God values a soul, but secondly, God values the saved. God values saved people. Now you say, well, Pastor, that seems like exclusive. Let me explain it in just a moment here. 
God doesn't just value every soul. He especially values his people. He loves his people. He values us as a father values and cherishes his own children. There's a difference there, right? There's a difference of relationship. Matthew chapter 6, look at verse uh, 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink. Don't worry, he's saying. Take no thought doesn't mean never consider anything or plan anything. It's saying don't be anxious for your life, for what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? The word better means of, of greater value. Okay, now look at Matthew chapter number 10, please. Matthew chapter 10, since we're still in Matthew. Matthew chapter number 10. Look at verse number 30, verse 29. Jesus speaking again here. Matthew chapter 10, verse 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. For some of you, that's a real easy job for the Lord. Verse 31. For fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. So God's people, he, he loves his people. I won't have you turn there, but if you want to see the verse, you can go to Isaiah 43, but you don't have to. But Isaiah chapter 43, verses 3 through 5, I'll read it to you. God tells us what he thinks about his people. Chapter, uh, uh, three, uh, chapter 43, verse 3 through 5, God is speaking, of course he's speaking to Israel, but we know that we're grafted in because in the New Testament by, by Jesus, by saving faith in Christ. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Verse 4, since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee, Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I'll bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. God said to his people that you are precious in his sight. That's encouraging to me. To know that when God sees me, he does not just see my sin. He, God looks at me, he sees through the blood of Jesus Christ. When God looks at me, he sees someone robed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He doesn't just see my sin. He sees beyond that. Uh, he looked beyond my fault, saw my need. I tell you, I'm so thankful that God doesn't just look at me as a sinner saved by grace. He looks at me as a son. He looks at me as someone that's been redeemed and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. How do we know that we're precious to God? I'll tell you just quickly here. We know we're precious to God because of how we're made. We know we're precious to God because of how we're made. The Bible tells us that we are made in the image of God. When God created man, he made Adam in his own image. So therefore, mankind was made with intrinsic worth. You have worth in you because of how you were made. That's, you know, there's a big problem when it comes to evolution. How do you find morality from evolution? How do you find worth out of evolution? There is no worth. There, it doesn't matter what anybody does because there's no purpose to life. And I'm thankful that's not the truth. I'm thankful that God created us. And because of that, because he breathed into us the breath of life, there is intrinsic value, intrinsic worth in us because of how we were made. You know, the Bible, there was, uh, uh, there was only three times where God breathed. God breathed. Three times in the Bible. 
God breathed, the Bible says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. The word inspiration means God breathed. God breathed the holy scriptures. Did you know the other time that God breathed in the Bible was when Jesus talks about he breathed upon them and they received the Holy Ghost? And because when Jesus was on earth, the Holy Ghost had not come to indwell people yet. But when Jesus was ascending, he breathed upon them, the, the Holy Ghost came. He breathed the Holy Scriptures. He breathed and the Holy Ghost came and he breathed the breath of life into man. Does God value Scripture? Oh yeah, he does. That's the word. That's the, you know, he equates it with Jesus. Does God, does God value the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. Does God value mankind? Oh, yeah, he does. Absolutely. He breathed. How we were made shows why God values us. The Bible says in Matthew 12, 12, how much then is a man better than a sheep? You know, we, we have people in our world, and I'm not, I'm not for animal cruelty, unless it's cats. Just kidding, Zoe. We have a cat. She's daggers right now. But uh, I'm just kidding. No, I'm, of course not. But I'm also not going to tell you that an animal has the same worth as a human being. It doesn't. The, uh, the, the human soul has more worth. God created it that way. We have a soul. And we're, it's precious to God. The saved say people, his people are precious to him because of how we're made. But I also want to say that uh, we're precious to God because of the price that was paid. The price that was paid. 1 Peter chapter number 1. In fact, I want you to go to 1 Peter because we're going to stay there for a little bit. 1 Peter chapter 1, please. 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to go quick. We're going to cook through this and, and give you some thoughts here and hopefully help to you. Things to think about. Things to ruminate on this week. 1 Peter chapter number 1. We're precious to God. That saved people are precious to God because of how we're made. Because of the price that was paid. And again, all people, yeah, every soul is precious to God. But God looks upon his people differently. And I'll show you in just a second that. But 1 Peter chapter number 1, look if you would at verse number 18. For as much as you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We are precious to God. How do we know that? Because of how we were made, but because of the price that was paid. When, when Jesus is willing to shed his own precious blood to leave the glories of heaven and come to this earth, a sin-cursed earth, and say, I'll die for every person ever to live. We know that we are precious in the sight of God. In, uh, you don't have to turn there, but 1 John chapter number 4, verse 7 through 10. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Of course, we sing these as a song. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God. In, so God made known his love in this way. The love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we love God. That's easy. God is God. We ought to love him. But that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or atoning sacrifice for our sins. God showed his love in how we were made and also because of the price that was paid. But can I also say that we know we're precious to God because of the relationship that's displayed. The relationship that's displayed. We are precious to God and we know that. Why? Because he's our father. Please don't take this the wrong way. 
um, when I'm saying this here, but my children are more precious to me than your children are. Not, not, I don't mean like than your children are to you. I mean than your children are to me. My, my children are more precious to me than your children are to me. Does that mean I don't love your children? Yes. No, it doesn't mean that. I, I do, of course. I love every kid in our church. Do I want them at my house 24-7? No, I don't. Take them home, you know? But uh, what I'm, what, you understand, I can love and, and genuinely care for every kid in our church. And I do, I really do. But when it's my kids, there's a difference in relationship. And so there is a more, I am a father to my kids. I have a, a greater duty to them. So when we're talking about God loves everybody, of course God does everybody, and God values every soul. But when you trust Christ as Savior, there's a special relationship. And God values that. And I wonder today, do we value that relationship with God like he does? God values your relationship with him. You know, I value the relationship with my spouse. I value the relationship with my kids. I value the relationship with the deacons and the staff and every church member. I really do. There's different levels, though, because of that. But, but with God, I tell you, we, we, ought to have, uh, uh, we ought to value our relationship with God above everything else. God values a soul. The Bible tells us God values the saved. Can I say, thirdly, God values our spiritual character. God values our spiritual character. You're in 1 Peter. Look at chapter 3, if you would. Hey, we're more than halfway done with the message. Not time to leave yet. The shorter where are you going? I'm just kidding. All right. First Peter chapter number three. First Peter chapter three, verse number one through four. I want you to see this here. Now, this is often a passage that's used here, and, and this is addressed specifically here to wives and ladies, but, uh, but it, it shows a spiritual principle here. So, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse, verse 1, Likewise, you wives, uh, likewise what? It's already talked about, uh, where he's going to talk about husbands and things here, but uh, verse 7, he talks to the husbands. But in verse 1, Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that... If any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation or behavior of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation or behavior coupled, coupled with fear, whose adorning, let it not be the, that outward adorning of plating the hair, of wearing of gold, or on putting on of apparel. Is God against that? God's not against putting on of apparel. Okay? But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. What does that mean, a great price? It means it's extremely valuable to God. Extremely valuable. What's he saying here? What's the overall message of what he's saying here? And I don't think it's just a message to wives, but he, he's placing a greater importance on the inside than he is on the outside. If you look at the passage, it's saying, hey, wives, you can win your husband over by obeying the word of God with joy and living the Christian life the right way, behaving as according to what God has said in the word of God. But, but it says there, but, but, don't, but, but don't let your focus be on the outside, the outward adorning of all these different things. So you've got everything put together outwardly but the inside is wrong. We talked a couple weeks ago about hypocrisy and, and, and the Pharisees, how that was a big part of it. And that's what we're seeing here as well. But he says, let it be the hidden man of the heart. So the inside, 
the inside, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. We put ornaments on our Christmas tree. It's a decoration, right? But he's saying here, let it be the inward, uh, uh, the inward uh, ornament, uh, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. The inside, the inside is the value that, that, that God says we ought to value more. Put greater value on the inside, the character, than the outside. God is very concerned with the growth of our Christian character. God is very concerned, and he tells us to be concerned too. You're in 1 Peter. Go back to chapter 1. Go back to chapter 1. God is concerned with your growth. God is concerned that your Christian character be developed. How do we know? Well, we see it several times in Scripture, but let me just show you one here as well. God is concerned that, and wanting, not as in like he's anxious or worried about it, but, but he is, he's wanting our Christian growth to de- to grow, to develop more and more. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness or sadness through manifold temptations or through a lot of different kinds of testings, that the trial of your faith being more precious, more valuable than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Christ of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, hey, your, the trial of your faith is precious. Really? Yes. Why? Because it's producing things in you that give honor and glory to God. It's producing things in you. It's producing a growth in you that when you see Christ, you won't be ashamed. Because you allowed those things to develop the Christian character that God wants you to have. Some amazing thing, God uses broken things. And oftentimes we, we don't want the breaking, we don't want the trial, we don't want the tribulation, but that's what God does. God is concerned with our, our, our uh, he, he loves us and he values our developing Christian character, our spiritual character. God values the relationship he has with the saved. God values the soul. And can I say lastly tonight, God values his son. God values his son. We're still in 1 Peter, right? Let's just stay there. Look at chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter number 2. Verse 4. To whom coming as unto a living stone. Now, it's going to refer to Jesus as the living stone, the cornerstone, excuse me. And uh, it says, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God, and precious. This is referring to Jesus, precious. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore... Also, it is contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded or put to shame. So who's the chief cornerstone? It's Jesus. And it calls him precious twice. And look at verse 7. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. The third time. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. So we see several times where the Bible says that Jesus is precious. 
Can we make sure that we value Jesus appropriately this year? As we're going into the, the season of Christmas, next year our theme will have to, I'm not going to tell you the theme right now, but it has mainly to do with Jesus. I want that to be our focus. Why? Because Jesus is precious. The Bible says it three times. In the previous chapter, it says his precious blood. The next chapter talks about he's precious. We see that word precious, valuable, all throughout this, this book of 1 Peter, that Jesus is precious. He is to be put first. He is to be valued. What's the sad thing is that our world does not value Jesus. In fact, you can say that you love God, and they're okay with that. But when you say you love Jesus, man, that just, that's, that's an offensive word to people. But marvel not. If the world hates you, it hated him first, the Bible says. Jesus knew that the world hated him. It devalues him. But I'm going to tell you, one day, one day everyone will know the true value of Jesus Christ. Wherefore, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Not the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We're all going to see the value of Jesus Christ one day if we don't see him now. So why wait? And, uh, but by the way, Paul tells us the value that he placed upon Christ in the same book of Philippians, chapter number 3, verse 8. Here's what he says, and I'm done. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. He said, I could lose everything in this world and it doesn't matter because all I need is Jesus. Boy, I tell you, sometimes we think all I need is that 401k. All I need is that, is that, is that house. All I need is that Tesla. Hey, I want one too. All I need is this. All I need, no, 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 no. All you need is Christ. Can we just think about that for a little bit? All we need is Christ. Nothing is worth what Jesus is worth. He's precious. <laughs> what value could you place on knowing Jesus Christ? These are things that God values highly. Can I ask you, how do you value them? How do you value a soul? What about that annoying neighbor? I just found out uh, we have a house right across the street from us, and people moved out of it. And uh, I've been noticing, like, you know, normally you see your neighbors, right, at some point. Like, you're going to see them, especially when the houses are this close together in California. And uh, so you're going to run into your neighbor, even if you're trying to avoid them. You're going to run into them every once in a while. But I've noticed that since they moved out several months ago, nobody's moved in. There have been different people, like a whole bunch of different people. And so yesterday, or two nights ago, we were putting our Christmas decorations up because this week we're going to be leaving for Napa and we won't be here to do it the day after Thanksgiving like you're supposed to. But uh, uh, I, and so we, we put them up a little bit early. I was outside at nighttime and I noticed people coming and trying to enter a code and they couldn't get into the door and they're being loud and all this kind of stuff. And, and it hit me as I walked right then. I wonder, is that an Airbnb now? And so yesterday, you know, I was procrastinating, supposed to be doing something else, but I said, I'm going to go Google this. And I Googled it, and, and, and they were having some bachelorette party. I mean, the windows were open, loud, just like ladies cheering and saying things I had to walk inside for and, and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, what is going on? Yes, for $484, you can be my neighbor. $484 per night. Per night. 
Now, it does have a little pool in the back with a little jacuzzi. But, uh, yeah, $484 per night. You can, you can move across the street. Don't do it, okay? Don't do it. I tell you what, but even those people, I mean, even people, no matter who it is, do, do we value a soul? Do we look past the outside that, hey, look, everybody has somebody that annoys them, right? Do we look past the outside and say, but you know what? There's a soul in there. Do we value our brothers and sisters in Christ? And again, maybe some of them annoy you, but do we look past them and say, you know what? That's a brother and sister in Christ, and I'm going to value them as God does. Do you value your spiritual character, and do you value the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ? I know we do, but could we do more? Just some thoughts for you this evening. Father, thank you for tonight, and thank you for the teens that have sang, and, and just the, the, the great spirit that we've had. Lord, I, I pray, I pray for our church. I pray, Lord, as we end this year, and as we begin the next, if you tarry, God, I pray that we would put Jesus first. I pray that we would place the proper value of Christ in our lives. I pray that, God, you would impress upon our hearts the need that Jesus would be preeminent in all that we do, not just in our words, not just in what we say to people, but in what we do and how we live our life. May you be honored, may you be glorified with what we do. May we value the things that you value. May we love the people that you love. May we love the things you love. May we hate the things that you hate. And I pray tonight, God, you'd speak to us about this. Our heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and we'll have an invitation. I'll let you be, just remain seated, and you're, you're free in just a moment when the music plays. You're free to come forward and pray or just pray where you are, but would you just think tonight about the value of Christ in your life and maybe just say some thank yous to him. Tonight, maybe there's a soul that you know as somebody that, that needs your witness because God values them and he puts you in their life. I wonder if there's a brother and sister in Christ that you have been devaluing and you want to say, you know what? No, God loves them. They're precious to God and that's my brother and sister. We're going to live together for eternity. I might as well start liking them now. Or maybe it's your Christian character and focusing on the inside. But if God spoke to you, why don't you make some choices tonight? The music plays, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. You can pray where you are. You can pray down front if you want to come forward and pray. It's up to you. Would you talk to the Lord this evening?